Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day everyone, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo Studios. Great to have you company for the call, 10 stocks picked by you. I'll put those stocks to our two experts. We do it all in one hour. Let's bring in the tape. Got a lot to get through today. Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, how are you, sir? Hey, David. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Grady Wolf from Bill Direct. Hello. Grady, good to see you. Happy Monday. It's so last week before Christmas. There's so much news around me. So <laughs> it's annoying, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All these people should be on holiday. Yeah. I thought yeah. we're winding down, not winding up. But yeah. anyway, yeah. so yeah. many bids coming out. Yeah. And yeah. Sort of as almost as if the investment bankers have been working on this for months. Go, oh, Christmas is coming. Yeah. We yeah. better whip the bid yeah. out. And they don't want to work in January. No. I think that's the thing. They want to get all this stuff finished now. Right. Take January off and, and start again. Right. See you yeah, on Wednesday. Yeah. Yep. So much to get through. Hey, first half hour uh, of the show, we're going to take a look at New Farm, Adriatic Metals, E-Road, Linus Rearers, and Matrix Composites and Engineering. <sighs> Lots of... Um, um, we uh, Neuron Pharmaceuticals had a big announcement today. It's coming up in the second half of the show. Um, stock of the day, I thought we'd look at Adbury, has received an non-binding indicative proposal from CRH and Barrow Group to acquire shares that Barrow does not currently own, implying an equity value of $2.1 billion. Talking of bids coming out of nowhere. Um, a forty percent premium to the um, to the share price uh, that it was trading on Friday. Gaurav, uh, what do you reckon of the bid? What should you be doing about it if you're an Adbury shareholder? Yeah, this is one bid that's probably not a huge surprise. The Barrow family has owned stock uh, for a long time. They've held a dominant position. The founding family. Um, the business has probably gotten worse over time. Right. Um, Adelaide Brighton used to be a and in fact, a lot of cement businesses are little local monopolies because you have to move vast quantities of low-value material from quarries um, to production facilities. You can't really import um, heavy bags of, of, of yeah. raw gear because yeah. it costs too much and very low value. So everywhere you go all over the world, you find these little cement monopolies. Adbury used to be one of them, but they've um, disintermediated a little bit. They've sold off one of their best divisions and the business has never really recovered. So yeah. we always thought that the Barrow family would make a move on, on this because it has looked cheap, but it's also been a worse business. So we've never bought it, um, but I, this does not surprise me at all. The valuation looks fine to me. I, I'm glad to see them pay a big, heavy premium because yep. um, they are exercising control of the business. I think they're doing well to other shareholders. If I was a shareholder, I would um, stay around um, I don't think there's going to be any competition for this, but this All is right. a and, likely and, and they won't go away I don't because think they have such a big stake. Like yeah. that, that jump from 2 to $3 yeah, yeah. 
do you go, well, if they withdraw the bid, we go down to two bucks yeah, again, yeah. I will take my money and run. Look, this is not some flighty PE bid. Right. Um, this is a, a family who's owned the business for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a flighty PE yeah. bid, which we, yeah. which we do often see. We yeah. often, and, and we don't take PE bids very seriously. If you see one of those, yeah. you take your money as soon as you can and, yep. um, and exit. This is not that. So I think this is a high likelihood of succeeding. They're probably paying more than they really need to. But right. I think um, from my experience with this stock and the family, they've been pretty fair with um, uh, minority shareholders. And I think that's what this is probably about. Right. So I would expect this bid to, to go ahead and complete. Okay. So hold on and, and accept the bid sure. for a higher price. Grady, Double what do you hold. think? Exactly the mm. same reasons. It's a strong company. Um, they've lowered their CapEx guidance, so that's exactly what you want to see in a high-cost environment. Mm. Um, we're seeing their Quinana, the, obviously the Quinana complex and CapEx is looking really good and on track. So again, they've lowered their costs, which is what you need to see in any company in this high-cost environment. Um, we're looking at some pretty, uh, the midpoint of an upgraded guidance range for 2024. So that also looks good and they're implying a um, 9% increase in EBITDA for the second half. So it's looking pretty good. Um, again, with this company, like you'd want to sit there and you'd want to take obviously the bid looks really good it's a premium so yeah you're looking at a hold right now and and to reinforce Gaurav your point Mm. sort of they're they're not skinning minority share they're obviously buying it at a cyclical low yes you're right they're certainly doing that but but they're not they're not saying oh well stuff you will we'll offer two dollars forty or two fifty yeah um it's it's a big premium and so look, it, it's they're not treating other shareholders with respect, and it, yeah. it's also taking into account that the business has deteriorated um, yes. over the last few years. I think some of the strategic moves probably been the wrong moves over the last few years. Yeah, right. But you're right; there's a there's a cyclicality element to it. I'm I'm pretty happy with this bid. I, yeah, mm. as I said, I take it. Good. And the outlook for cement's looking pretty good with the mm. housing crisis. We're looking at needing more cement, obviously, as we increase the demand there. So, oh, no. exactly what they well, fingers crossed. We start to build more. You'd hope houses. so. <laughs> well, because well, building approvals have been shocking over yeah. the last 12 months. But then they're complaining we have a housing crisis. So yeah, yeah. what are we doing? I know. Um, hopefully, governments are going to shift, um, not blaming migrants as the uh, the bad people for putting up um, yeah. house prices. Yeah. Take responsibility yourself and allow more houses to be built. That's horrible. All right, uh, first stock, uh, Eli wants to view Grady on New Farm, the uh, chemical and seed company. Um, global, it's like, like a seed bank. Yeah, isn't kind it, of. They have the ag chem and they have lots of different areas. But what we like is um, it's a buy rating at the moment, but a recently downgraded price target from $6 and 75 cents to six dollars 30 cents so the company's faced a few headwinds of late with the obviously el nino la nina weather events so any company in the agricultural sector is naturally at at uh, risk of anything to do with uh, weather events what we've seen that the company has exposure and market presence in 30 countries and sales over in over 100 so that's what we like to see is global diversification because when one of their sectors is before underperforming or has weather events they've got strength across the board and resilience so what we saw last year the results were ahead of bell potter expectations um, revenue was down eight percent but we're expecting less than that 
um, cash flow and balance sheet, the cash was an outflow of 150 million. So again, these things are things you want to consider. But the outlook is pretty strong. So that's why we've got the buy rating, but just a slightly pulled back price target after last year's results. And so we've got the um, the company has their real niche of the Omega-3 canola, and that's one of their key products. And that's what we see as a really strong point for the company because no one else has cracked the code of not having to have fish oil tablets to get to get your Omega-3. So yep. with that in mind, this canola version um, caters to a different and new market and a growing market. Um, we're expecting North America to generate improved sales in FY24 um, with margin pressures though in the first half. So that's like we've got certain things happening and headwinds and tailwinds across the board. So yep. with a company like this, what you want to see is diversification globally and that's exactly what we like. Um, but we do expect some really strong sales in the Omega-3 department, the canola department this year. So with that in mind, it is a buy rating. Okay. Go ahead. Look, I've never looked at this business before, but um, it, it does crop protection and seed technology. It was very clear that the star of this company is the um, is the seed tech division, mm. and that's the um, the product Grady was alluding to. It's the um, it's they've come up with a way of getting omega threes out of seeds rather than from fish products. Um, it's responsible for thirty percent revenue growth, seventy percent um, earnings growth in that seed division, and that is the star. That's wow. what that's what you'd pay for. Yeah. Stepping back a little bit though, there is a lot of problems with this business. I was surprised at how lousy it was considering it's got this great product in there. And the crop protection is a um, absolutely necessity. Um, yeah. And they distribute and, and manufacture. So uh, look, this should be a much better business than it is. But low single digit returns on capital, sort of low, two, three percent returns on capital, not good enough. You can get five, six percent returns on capital in the bond market. <laughs> Even yeah. less, uh, and slightly less. Term deposit. If you go into term <laughs> deposit, correct, yes. Um, so getting two or three percent is not good enough. Um, a 900 million debt position, net debt, doesn't sound too bad, but the earnings here aren't stable. Cash flow is all over the place. Um, 400 million dollars negative cash flow last year. It's because working capital requirements move the, the cash flow around. This is not a nice, stable business where you're going to carry a big pile of debt and continue yeah. growing. Revenue hasn't grown since 2018. Look, this is a sell. Um, and I also don't like that, um, you know, they keep reporting these EBITDA numbers. The depreciation amortization is 50% of the profit. Um, and they keep ignoring this incredibly important cost that the business is incurring. And you can see that it's an important cost because the business does not make consistent cash flow. So yep. I'm yep. not happy with the reporting of the company. The balance sheet is out of whack. Um, there's very little growth. Um, and the profit metrics are poor, but it does have this this nice little division in there. I'm going to say sell, but there I can imagine an investment case being made out of this division. I can I can envision a world where another company buys the business to rip out the C division, or they spin off the C division. There is value there. Yeah. But this is a, not a high quality business. And I see the same business almost seems yep. a strategic national. <laughs> Look, I don't, does not because I don't think it's that important. Yeah, no, 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 but there is, there no, is no, value. The farmers there. go there, and they got to replenish uh, crops. They um, years ago, I think they were the ones that led this. You could do two or three wheat crops a year. Yeah, yeah. they led that technology. It's a fantastic little area. So are you saying the rest of the business buggers up that? sort of little seed tech area. If you look at the seed tech business in isolation, it's a, it's sort of 25% of profit. So it is really small, but the um, the growth is enormous, so 30% right. revenue growth. Wow. 
and the profit margins are much, much higher than the rest right. of the business. So there, right. there is value there. Okay. But there is no plans from management to do anything with that. Um, if I saw new board or an agitator shareholder get on the register, I would then have another consideration of this, even though the rest of the company is lousy. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. We're talking about flighty private equity. You might, <laughs> may have given them a few a thoughts, few thoughts. There, if yeah, they're yeah. watching. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, Chris wants a view, Gaurav, on Adriatic Metals, the precious and base metal explorer in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, Chris says, who wants the who sent in the suggestion? What's not to like? Says Chris. Anecdotally, share price appreciation occurs when these companies actually start producing. It's gone okay, but the metrics seem to indicate to me that it's undervalued. What am I missing? What's Chris missing? What's not to like is is probably the question to ask. This is a fantastic um, piece of geology. Um, the Varies mine. It's got to be one of the highest. Um, uh, dollar per ore um, of any new development project that I can find, really. It is a really high quality mineralization. Mm. Um, the financial metrics that the company's put out show a really strong NPV using conservative assumptions, which I'm really happy to see. Uh, management equally seems up to the task, very low capex. They should be in production uh, very soon if they're not already, in fact. Um, and I, I tend to agree. This is um, a really interesting looking um, business. Uh, Look, what are you missing? I think there's always going to be skepticism about a project in Bosnia. Yep. It, it has a history of mining and the mining laws there look pretty solid. Um, there's nothing really to worry about, but there's just not a lot of projects to draw experience from. Right. And Europe has a history of being difficult for miners. So I think there is some skepticism warranted, but I, I think there's enough enough value on the table here that um, you can you can buy can this buy if, if you're okay. interested in, in the mining business. And mm. um, I think you'll do okay from here. You know, I'm, I'm pretty it's impressed, a, actually. It is, it is one of those things that, you know, if you're an Australian, you go, oh, Bosnia, that yeah. means wars. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's why right. would you invest there? But yeah. as you say, they've got a great mining history of yep. delivering. Grady? I actually didn't know anything about this company before coming <laughs> on today, so I had to have a look into it. Um, I honestly, looking at it though, it's recently the they had to cap raise recently. Um, what's wrong with it? I'm not actually sure. They do have a high level of debt to equity though, so it's 140 percent of debt to equity. So, with that in mind, a high interest rate environment mm. with a high level of debt, you're repaying your repayments are a lot higher. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just also, the, net, the sequencing of the cash flow. So they, yeah, they exactly. build the mine, the cash yeah. flows will come in. It'll come in, yeah. But they off, did yeah. say they would start producing in November, yes. and there's been no updates yes. since then. So they said in September they'd start producing at oh. their various mine for the silver, mm. um, but that there's been no updates. I so, that's why they needed the equity raise. Are you that was using, a surprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they didn't say. I don't. I couldn't find where they said what the equity raise was directly for. So yeah, that we yeah. couldn't attribute that to directly for production. Mm, but right. again, it's a. It, that might be what's wrong with the company at the moment. I'm not sure. Um, again, it's a good area for mining. Good jurisdiction for mining. But yeah, there's a. I don't actually have a call on it because I don't know the company well really, enough. Yeah. No. Um, But having, I guess, precious base metals, um, silver's strong at the moment, zinc as well in Serbia. The other thing to consider as well is the nationalisation of mining. So we've seen some countries um, take a nationalisation stake in these big mining jurisdictions. So if it does become a popular area moving forward for silver and zinc, then we might see some corporate governance or um, government moves there. But other than that, 
Okay. I'm not quite sure. All right. Whatever. <laughs> what about E-Road? Um, Grady Russell wants a view yeah. on that. New Zealand-based company in technology for basically truck fleet management, yeah. isn't it? And like refrigeration and yeah. all these things with trucks. Um, the company is really good. We have a hold rating at the moment that's recently downgraded from a buy um, just because we're seeing what we're seeing the outlook for in FY24. So the current the company has a split of revenue, 49% first half, 51% expected in the second half. So with a second half tilt, that's um, lower than historical periods. So perhaps some conservatism in the guidance that they're issuing. Um, what we're seeing is that they also had a takeover bid recently. I think it was in June that they said no to. So we might expect in the coming year um, a second takeover bid or a, bid or a counter takeover bid. That sort of bid. chart shows it, is it? June, whoop, up she goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, then, whoop, no bid, down she goes again. <laughs> which, which reinforces sort of, you know, uh, Gorab's sort of flighty PE bid. Exactly. You know, you take your money and run yeah. because if it goes away, it, it then comes down to earth again. Yeah, exactly. And so it is, it's a very good company, um, but we might see next year a second bid come through. So right. kind of waiting for that to see what actually, <laughs> I love the chart there, the June peak. Um, but yeah, so we've got, so we'll, we're expecting a bit of a downturn in revenues over the next year. And uh, yeah, I'll hold it at the moment because okay. we might see a takeover bid. That's an ugly five-year chart, Gaurav. It's a right. peak yeah. of six thirty down to a buck. Is yeah. this a turnaround stock? Look, I couldn't buy it simply because of the shenanigans that happened during that takeover. So the um, the takeover came from Constellation Software, which is one of the best-run software businesses in the world out of Canada. They buy niche software businesses, plug them into Constellation, and run them independently. It's mm. got a twenty-year track record of, of stellar performance. When Constellation is interested in a piece of, in, in a business, um, you got to take that business That's good. seriously. Right, it's good, yeah. yeah. And then certainly not a flighty bidder. But not only did management knock back the bid, which I thought was um, adequate and fair, they then raised um, capital at sort of half the bid price, which um, mm. is just appalling behavior. And I, I'd have to see a whole refresh of the board um, before I'd uh, be willing to look at this business again. Um, I think they've just broken trust incredibly bad judgment and I wouldn't touch it um, even though there is clearly the fact that Constellation is looking and is interested there is clearly a product here yeah and there is clearly potential here but um, look one of my rules is is around governance um, I just don't invest with uh, with boards and management I don't trust yep. and once you've done something like that I think you've, you've you've shown that you're probably not looking after shareholders and I wouldn't invest with them so how, keep that in mind how long does it take a long to rebuild gosh. that trust. I'm a bitter old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't come back. Yeah. Once you've broken it, I want to see a change of personnel. So clean yeah. out. Clean out. Yeah. Management. You got one board. shot. Yeah. And and they did it for their own self-interest. I'd imagine so. They wanted to keep their jobs. Um, yeah. yeah, because they, well, they would have had their jobs. Constellation typically does not remove. Well, the, the board would have lost their jobs probably. Yeah. They typically incorporate the management into the oh. business. They let them run um, independently. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't answer that. I don't know why they said no. Mm. I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, set, set back confidence for a it's while. Okay though, to, I guess it's okay to say no, but then to come back and raise capital at a massive discount to the bid, yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's just painful. That's yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, our next doc, uh, Ali wants a view, Gaurav, on Linus Rare Earths, the big rare earths. One that traditionally is oh, still does, but getting to the end, sending uh, everything off to uh, to Malaysia for processing, got to yep. bring processing on shore. Yep. 
that process, it's a dirty job, isn't it? Uh, environmentally, oh, yes. which has uh, been the issue. Yeah, it's a, it's a chemical process. Um, the way I think about rare earths, it's a chemical process that happens to use um, rocks as the feedstock. So you don't use chemicals as a feedstock, you use oh. mined material as the feedstock. But it is, it's got crackers and um, it, 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 wow. the, the process is a chemical process. So really, think about this um, as a chemical business, the risks, the costs, and um, all the things that can go wrong are all on the chemical side. Um, this is a fantastic business. Let me just point you to some numbers, um, Koshi. The um, $300 million of net profit um, came from, I think it's less than $600 million of revenue, which makes the net margin higher than Apple and Google. Wow. And that was in a year where um, where rare earth prices were had fallen 50%. Um, so the average rare earth prices... Doesn't look like about, the Apple share chart, <laughs> does it? It doesn't. Well, what you're seeing there is that the rare earth prices have fallen back about about 50% or so. Right. So the rare earths is a complicated set of economics. What you need to do is find the right proportion of rare earths. You basically make all your profitability from NDPR. And so you need to have high concentrations of NDPR in your feedstock to be able to sell them at a reasonable price. Right. Um, Mount Weld, not Mount Weld, um, is it Mount Weld? It's Mount Weld. It is Mount yeah. Weld, yeah. yeah. Um, Mount Weld is one of the, the premier um, uh, mining areas for rare earths, just because it has the right proportions. Mm. Um, it takes about 10 years to get the crackers and the, and the processing happening. Very difficult um, business to replicate. You sort of mentioned about a strategic asset. This is mm. one. This mm. is a proper strategic asset. I'm going to actually uh, go spec buy on this. I think it looks interesting. Um, the production is going to increase about 50% once they finish their uh, processing facility in Kalgoorlie. Yep. And that thing is probably going to come under a bit of pressure. I'd be surprised if that opens and everything works out fine because right. that is not the way rare earth right. projects go. Well, it's a late now is that it's yes, meant yeah. to already be open so yeah and i'm pretty sure they're going to have problems with it when it opens but look this is a superbly managed business that is just the way where projects go because yeah. it's complicated i would my sort of strategy would be to take a little bit now and if they encounter problems that would be the time to take some more right okay uh, but it uh, fantastic um and it's on the radar of the us uh, yeah. australia mm. is a strategic asset you won't be able to, to take this over unless an australian business takes it over. Right, mm. okay. Yep. Grady? Yeah, it's a strong buy from right. Bells at the moment and a price target of $8.80. Now, this company obviously had some serious problems last year with nothing to do with the company itself. It had the Malaysian government or the yeah, Malaysian government um, putting a ban on cracking and leaching. So that naturally may turn upturned their Malaysian operations. And so with that in mind, at the same time that NDPO is coming back in price or pulling back in price, that's a real, real issue for any company to face. But those are external issues that they couldn't control. So at the the company then took the right thing and took the um, initiative to obviously update their Kalgoorlie operations. Um, but with that in mind, they're getting those up and going. But at the same time, Malaysia's then pushed back the cracking and leaching ban to FY26. So they've got this capacity to have double mm -hmm. operations running and get double the amount of uh, rare earths through for production. So that's a really good problem to have. Obviously, that incur incurs higher costs, but with NDPR expect to, expected to be higher in demand 
because with rare earths, they're actually used in the EV movement, but not in the batteries. They're actually used in the motors. So given that every mm. single EV needs a motor, whereas no matter if there's a different lithium ion battery coming out in the future, then obviously it's going to decrease demand for lithium, but every single motor needs NDPR. So oh. with that in mind, it's showing the demand and the upside potential for the price of NDPR. So with all now, of that in mind... NPDR is the... I can't pronounce I'd it. I'd love Anyhow, to say... Neo... Neoprasium? Neodymium. And, oh, neodymium and praseodymium? Dymium. I think between us, we can't remember. I think between us, It's a rare earth. It's not like EBITDA or anything. It is the actual rock. It's kind of like a drug in healthcare. I'm like, I don't even I'd even try that. Yeah, I know. I just say EPP or NDPR. But yeah, so that's the outlook. It's got a really strong FY... Or 2024 coming up. Um, as Gaurav said, Kalgoorlie could run into some issues with churning oil, as you do with any production plant of any kind. But yeah, um, with, with the Malaysian outlook really strong now for at least the next two years, we're looking pretty good for so, Linus uh, Okay, so Malaysia is sort of the safety net if the Kalgoorlie plant has problems. Which is funny because Kalgoorlie was the safety net for yes, Malaysia, planning. Yeah, so yeah. now it's slipped on its head yeah, and yeah. we're back to Kalgoorlie's now well, Malaysia's the safety net, so right, okay. yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, Luke wants to view Grady on matrix composites and engineering. Yep. An engineering um, um, group and design group, uh, mainly um, infrastructure, mm -hmm. resources, oil and gas, defence. Yeah, so this obviously it's a very niche company. If you want to play into the niche field, you want to look at companies like this. We actually have a spec buy on it at the moment. Um, they've got the exclusive distributor of Humido. I don't know, it's, it's a coating product in Australia and New Zealand. Um, which provides corrosion and fire protection to offshore energy structures. So again, like there's high demand with that in obviously the energy and um, mining space. Um, we like the look of the company and the outlook because they've got order backlogs at the moment for one of their product or three of their products, sorry, at multi-year highs. So with that heading into the new year, that's a really good thing because it creates a revenue pipeline. And also they've got order backlogs remaining at record highs for another product, the subsea infrastructure products. So with that in mind, you've got, as long as you have a pipeline and a media, a short to medium term outlook of order backlogs, that's a really good thing for any company. Um, we also like that they are, they're in the obviously energy space at the moment and they're leveraged to growing activity across the global offshore floating wind sector. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, you've got the outlook is really strong because there's so much momentum in that space. A company with order backlogs and exposure to this space is really mm -hmm. strong. So yeah, we've got a spec buy at the moment, um, but yeah, it looks all on all in all for a niche company, it looks really good. Okay, good. I actually own uh, Matrix. Um, I've sold half my position at around the current price. And I did that because I think this is a uniquely badly managed business. Um, I'm not a fan of management or the board at all. They've just done... So why have you been in it? They're, they're going through a bit of a, a kick. Um, Matrix is all about syntactic foam, which is a, like a processed plastic, incredibly tough and dense but light. And what you do is you wrap, wrap it around your subsea cables and subsea infrastructure. It keeps things afloat and stops sea pressure from damaging equipment. Huh. So every time you have an offshore oil project, um, demand for this stuff soars. There are only two producers, manufacturers in the world of, of wow. um, syntactic firm, and, and the, these guys are the largest. Market cap is tiny. It has been abysmally um, mismanaged and unprofitable for a long time, but there are now orders rolling in because CapEx in 
offshore oil projects has taken off. And I think Grady touched on a good point there. This has been a business no one has wanted to touch for a long time, but because it's been kind of a sin stock, mm. right? It's it's a oil and gas um, energy capex business, but. A potential growth lever for them is to use the syntactic foam in offshore wind projects. So it could go from being a sin oh, stock to a green stock. ESG stock. ESG stock. Yeah. stock. Yeah. And wow. I think that's too delicious to pass up. You know. um, <laughs> so I don't like the management. I don't like the board. I've taken half my profits. Um, um, so my holding is much smaller than it was right. um, a little while ago. Um, but I do think they're, they're benefiting from a cyclical kick. Um, they really have to execute though. They have to get production right. right. They've got these orders coming in, um, so they have to get it right. But if you can hold on for a bit longer, you might get a bit of extra benefit from this this green area, okay. which is quite speculative. So hold for you. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go specy buy. Okay. Keep your position size small because, as I said, yeah, yeah, not a fan of of the guys running it. Oh no, but yeah. an incredible product. By the sound of it. Yeah, a useful product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, let's recap the uh, first five stocks. Stock of the day, Adbury, after the uh, uh, the takeover offer this morning, a hold from both Gaurav and Grady. Uh, run it up. The, um, um, the, uh, the offer comes from a major shareholder at the moment. They're likely to deliver. They've been pretty fair uh, with the offer. Uh, New Farmer Sill from uh, Gaurav. Uh, a buy from Bell and Grady. Adriatic, a, a buy from Gorab. Uh, E-Road, a no from Gorab, a hold from Grady. Uh, Linus, a buy from both, a speculative buy from uh, uh, from Gorab and a spec buy from both on Matrix. Uh, here on the call, we've been uh, tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund. It was picked by the investment committee, which includes Gorab's old sparring partner, Nathan. Uh, the latest episode of the committee meeting, he's always the grumpy bear on the, that committee meeting. Uh, the latest episode of the committee meeting is live uh, on ausbiz.com uh, for the December meeting update where we had a bit of movement. Uh, ResMed Car Group, um, renamed Car Sales, uh, and Johns Ling were among those who were added to the portfolio. Uh, took profits of West Farmers, RPM Global, and MA Financial Assault. They are wrong on RPM Global, I might add. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Take that <laughs> That's going to have a three. Nathan lead that. I'll take it up with him, yeah. Uh, up 11% mm. the portfolio at the moment. All right, this half hour, uh, speaking of um, uh, lots of results out today, new urine pharmaceuticals, uh, Ansarada, Develop Global. Retail food and electro optic system. So it's uh, an interesting bunch there. Uh, shares of Neuron Pharmaceuticals have come out of a trading halt soaring high after results from the company's phase two trial showed significant improvements in its Phelan McDermott syndrome. Uh, the company said significant improvement was assessed by both clinicians and caregivers across multiple efficacy measures. And we'll be joined by the Neuron Chief Executive, John Pilcher, at 2.20 this afternoon. Uh, but as you saw, the share prices had a bit of a leap today. Gaurav, mm. what do you think of the update and Neuron at these levels? I'll leave most of this to Grady. I know she loves the stock. Um, but <laughs> this is an impressive business. I will say that. Um, Debut is the um, name of the drug, and it is the world's first treatment for Rett syndrome. It's a serious 
um, motor neurological disease that mostly affects women, mm. uh, about 10,000 women in the US, only half of those are diagnosed, so it's a small market, but they can roll this thing out uh, globally. It's the first, I believe it's the first treatment to show efficacy against uh, the disease. So it is a genuine innovation in that sense. What I really like about the business though is the way that um, Neuron has gone to market with a the product. They haven't tried to m manufacture, sale and distribute it. They've gone to Arcadia, which is an enormous medical business. And Arcadia will handle all of that and Neuron now becomes a royalty business. I think royalty businesses are some oh, of the best businesses. It's in like the, world. the Deterra of pharmaceuticals. Isn't I like it, it Koshi. That's exactly <laughs> what it's like. Yes, Deterra, like of course, takes yes. all the royalties from one of BHP's iron ore mines, and yep. is basically a bunch of accountants that cash a check everywhere. And that's and that's what um, um, this business Neuron has become. It's become um, a company that's extremely lean. Its sole purpose is now to get cash in the door and distribute it. Now, some of that will go to R and D. Some of that will go for oh. go to dividends, but the volume of cash coming through is quite staggering. So just a, a back of the envelope kind of calculation, it looks like about $10 a share is already in the bank or accounted for, is, is gonna hit the, the bank account. About half the market cap is kind of already accounted for. And, um, and that's only in the early stages of sales. And I think there's a good shot you get sales growing worldwide. And then you've got today's announcement, which is staggering again, which is we didn't have this in any of our numbers that they have a second product that shows efficacy as well. So you've got to probably add something to that. I think the share price still looks good. I'm, okay. I'd be happy to buy up here. Um, and kudos to management. You don't often see businesses that strike success after a long, long arduous period of research and, and, um, and difficulty. They tend to blow it, <laughs> and they haven't. I'm really impressed with how smart oh, they are. That's great. Grady? I love this company. <laughs> um, I will say I do have it in my portfolio. Um, the company. Oh, lucky you! Yeah, I know. Gee. What did you I, buy? I bought in at thirteen twenty six. Right. So, okay. Well, I've actually been a really big fan of this company for a while. Um, Today's results actually fell short of what Bell Potter was expecting, um, which is really interesting. They're expecting a score, a CGI score, like the um, clinical global impression improvement score of three to three point five, whereas the actual results came in at around two point four. Which, so given the market's mean? response, it means it's slightly lower effective. efficacy. Oh, right. um, but again, it, the outlook is really strong. And the thing with this is that the company, as Gaurav said, has a second product coming through. And that's actually for the treatment of four neurodevelopmental disorders. So the first one, debut or trophenotide, which is the um, clinical name of it, that actually only treats uh, Rett syndrome. And whereas the second one is for Prader-Willi, Pitt Hopkins, Phelan McDermott, and another one. So the global addressable market is massive. And given the response today, the results are really strong today, it goes to show that the company's growth outlook is super, super long. And that at the same time, they don't need money from any investors because they have debut trifanatide already starting to make money for them. So with all that in mind, it's, it really is only the beginning for Neuron. And so it's an exciting time. Um, the company, obviously this year, has signed the exclusive distribution agreement for the whole world now with Arcadia. It used to just be for the US. They've expanded that to the world. So it just shows that Arcadia is on board. They believe in what Neuron are doing um, and they're confident that they can get the results they need. So okay. with all that in mind, I absolutely can't fault the company. Okay. But it's so actually a hold at the moment. A hold? Yeah, okay. because of obviously the run that it's on right now. Um, we'll, we expect investors to obviously take a bit of profit. Um, but this 
could honestly be the next CSL. Like if you're looking at a company like this, the fun, the fundamentals are there. They have such a huge addressable market. So I big call, massive call. And you CSL, massive I would say call. Right? It costs it costs four hundred thousand dollars a year to take the medication. Yeah. So you can only use this with government support. In, yeah. in the US, the insurance sector pay picks up like 98% of the tab. Right. Yeah. So that, that's why the American market, I would say it's pretty locked in. You really need the either governments in or insurance PBS companies to pick, to, it, up. To pick yeah. it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you CSL? I wouldn't go that far. I think it's... <laughs> it's I love it's, it. <laughs> CSL is really a mass market business. It this is, is yeah. really dealing with a, um, a collection of orphan um, diseases. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, look, I, I'm, I think it's a great... It's going to be the CSL of neurodevelopmental disorders. Micro-market. We do have... For a little country like this, yes, it's impressive. Great healthcare oh, stocks, 100%. No, healthcare companies, one hundred percent, just phenomenal. And it's nice to see um, and businesses that, continuing to benefit from the research as well. Yeah, Often they yeah. just get bought out and move off. So because off it shows we just don't dig rocks out of a quarry. Mm. We actually mm. have the smarts to start and see these companies flourish, which I love. Well, the mining is pretty high tech these days as well. Oh, I don't yeah. think yeah, it gets no, the- I'm uh, not being disrespectful to but resources. With but healthcare, you know it's I mean. a 10 year yeah. pipeline. Yeah. From the day I say I've found a treatment or a drug, it takes yeah. 10 years yeah. to get it to market. Yeah. So yeah. hats off to companies like Neuro, yep. who have worked so hard to mm-hmm. get to where they are. Yep. And I'm like, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like no, it in my great, portfolio. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. All right. Um, our next stock, uh, Paul Gorab wants to be on Ansarata, SaaS yep. platform uh, for company advisors, governments on deals and transaction management. Mm-hmm. Paul says, seems like it's been smashed by the small cap tech collapse, but has plenty of cash, self-sustaining cash flows and a really nice growing revenue base. Seems a bit like RPM Global, where ARR is growing and they have a new ESG product that seems like a hit. Thoughts as we head into the um, into the tax loss season. <laughs> oh, don't put that spin on it, Paul. Um, it, it's not R- it's not RPM Global. Um, right. Ansrider makes a, a software platform. It's a bit like a collaboration tool. So um, it, lawyers, bankers, and and businesses can can jump on the on the platform and they can share information on deals that are getting done, ah, M&A, right. mergers, spin-offs, right. yep. um, financial transactions that get done. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of sensitive information. There's a, there's a chain of command, there's custody keys, there's all these, um, <coughs> all these security measures that have to be in place. And so yep. rather than throwing documents back and forth, uh, there's a shared platform um, where everything gets logged about who views what. So it's actually a, it solves a legitimate problem. It's a really good product. Um, I, I guess my, I wouldn't call it RPM Global because once RPM Global makes a, makes a software sale, it's generally sticky for the life of the mine. And we could be talking 10, 20, right. multi-decades worth of sales. Whereas Ansarada is really a, um, it doesn't have that long longevity. You, you, it's an extremely cyclical business. So when there's a lot of deal flow happening, you find a lot of people jumping on the platform and using it. And as soon as the deals are off, um, the customers tend to go right. away. So there's, a, there's an inherent um, cyclicality to the business that means it should attract low multiples. And it's very small. We're still talking $6 million of cash flow and that's sort of 150 million market cap. I think this is fairly priced. Okay. I will say that management is really strong. 
Um, I think I'm really impressed with them, and I've looked at this in the past and, and been interested in it. Um, I, I don't think it's outstandingly cheap. I, I think it is fairly priced, but I do think it is a, a decent quality business. So hold for you. I'm happy to hold it from here. Yep. Yeah, double hold. The company has a really, as Gaurav said, everything right. Um, mm. It's a really strong, it's a good business, but they need to close the gap between the freemium sector and the paid subscribers sector. So they have 10,000 freemium customers and subscribers actually fell to 2,681 in the most recent mm. quarterly update. So what that says is that they're struggling to convert the freemium customers to a paid model. And so we know everyone loves freemium. Mm. So mm. to get that transition needs to, they need to come up with something really good. Um, they have no debt, which is a, a big, big tick for any fundamentals or financials of a company. Um, their revenue was up 19% year on year. So I think they've increased their price potentially because we've seen annual recurring revenue grow but subscribers haven't grown so if there's annual recurring revenue coming through and revenues risen that's obviously because of rising prices or um, sticky as um, Gaurav said a sticky stickiness to subscribers so the way that they need to well they yes yeah, so the annual recurring revenue retention rates up 86% and so that's a good result so with annual recurring revenue it's a very strong thing for any company to have but again they really need to focus on getting the premium model into the paid model so yes a hold or specky buy if you want to play in this field but um yeah that's something they need to work on i can just inject a note of caution about arr that is a completely made up number it's at the discretion of the uh, management and Ah. every management report it quite differently so make sure you go through the notes and i didn't know that i thought it was legit no it's it's unaudited and um there's no um consensus about how to measure it and I've seen a lot of instances where um, I'm going to call someone out. Um, Dubber, their AR, ah. they, their AR, ARR numbers are BS. And um, ah. um, I, I thought you got to be really careful going through those numbers. And your yeah. recurring, yeah, recurring yeah. revenue. I thought yeah. that would have to be audited by your auditors and your accounts and all. Yeah, you can do stuff. Plays into there, the, well, there are several several ways you can report that, and you can determine the way you you calculate it. It's right. it's com- it's completely discretionary, and right. I've actually stopped using it. In fact, I you know but, but it's, uh, a cor- it's a cornerstone for yeah. a lot of analysts. Yeah. Yeah. In how they assess tech companies, software yeah. companies. 100%. I don't use it anymore, and um, I doesn't use it anymore. I would rather go straight to cash flow and see that because yeah. I, I think there's Jeez. too much fiddling with ARR, and it's not a legit number. I've seen it blow wow. up too many times. Jeez, um, I love yeah. learning it, but yeah, I had so no I. idea. Yeah. Scrap it off. <laughs> Scrap it off. <laughs> no. But that's the beauty of this show, I reckon, yeah. is that all these things come up that just change your view on things. But that kind of does make sense with a company like this. I'm not saying they're, I'm not, they're not saying that their AIR is BS, but I'm saying, I'm not saying that this company, yeah, yeah, but it kind of would make sense if subscribers are falling, but AIR is going up. That, yeah. Just yeah. a question. Yeah, I, I just want to make it clear that Answerider's management has so far been yes, pretty top tier. They've been, and I've been great. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But watch out with other tech watch companies. With others, we just yeah. need to get more freemium customers yeah. into play. Yeah, yeah. Or bring a standard. Bring yes. a standard in. Yeah. You, you would think the ASX yeah. would. Surely. Would this reminds me auditors, about or? 10 years ago, gold miners had no standard um, accounting for costs. Yeah. Oh. So you used to see gold miners reporting these costs that were absolute rubbish. Yeah. And you'd go through the rest of the accounts and say, well, how can you report that as your cost when that's yeah. your profit? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the Gold Council then um, released, after the gold price, price crashed in 2015, 2016, they released a standard set of um, assumptions about how to do 
all-in sustaining costs. Yep. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. So, every yeah. gold company in the world now uses all-in sustaining costs, and that's yep. a pretty legitimate cost metric. I love it. So, so, the, it's so easy there is to a way tell. to do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You just need um, a cooperation amongst a couple of tech companies to do yeah, it. Because yeah. it also makes it easier to understand margins then, because like gold, yeah. you can literally see what the yeah. ounce per yeah. ounce cost is and what they're selling at. Yeah. It was bang, wild bang. before. I used to see companies yeah. reporting these super low costs and they're not making any margin. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. How's that happening? Okay, so it needs big tech. Yeah. Technology one can lead the way. Yeah. The, uh, uh, seems to be the pre- premier. No, nah, I don't like the way they do it either. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, their oh. AIR numbers I don't like. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's, that's another story. Yeah. You'll love it. Yeah. We're, we're going all over the yeah, place. Yeah, we're going all over the place. Yeah. I met the boss of Ordinate. Did you? The other yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. Uh, one of my favourite nights of the year. Yeah. I um, MC the um, Australian Export Awards. Yeah, and right, right. They won an Export Award. Uh, well deserved. Yeah. Have a really yeah. good chat with them. I'm yeah. going to go out and visit the the place in the new year. I want to organise that for my really team nice as well. Place. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, really we've been a, a long-term holder of that business. Yeah, I, yeah. I know you've been a huge fan of yeah, it. That's good. Thanks to you, I have it as part. It's a, it's, a, it's my neuron. If only neuron was our neuron. <laughs> Well, it's around 15 bucks now, I think. Yeah, I wow. We first covered on the call, yeah. it was about three bucks. Yeah. Um, next stock, let's focus back on the <laughs> yeah, stock. Yeah, back on work. Uh, eight <laughs> stock, Sophia wants to view uh, Grady on Develop Group, the yeah. uh, copper and zinc uh, miner in yeah. Western Australia. This is a fantastic company. They've kind of taken the Minres model in that they hold their own mines as, a, as well as servicing un, servicing mining contracts. So they do the underground mining and specialize in that. Um, they ha, they won the contract, the $400 million contract for Bellevue Gold. Uh, so that's a very strong point because they do the underground mining for Bellevue Gold. At the same time, they're starting to operate their own assets. So they have the okay. woodlawn copper, zinc, uh, the copper, copper zinc mine, the Sulphur Springs zinc copper project, and they've recently acquired um, the essential essential metals. So that will bring in their uh, Pioneer Lithium Dome project. So what that says to me is that they have they play in every battery metal space. So super super strong and strategic moves by the company. Um, I actually spoke with them recently, and their outlook is really strong moving forward. They actually won the contract as well recently for the Mount Marion project, um, which is mineral resources project. So again, you've got at the same time that their Woodlawn um, Copper Zinc project is ramping up, they've got uh, the revenue generate peak revenue generation from their underground mining contracts. So again, win-win. They were actually in the tender for Liontown's um, Kathleen Valley project, but they pulled out because at the at the time they went for another um, the Mount Marion that was getting too big. At the same time, they uh-huh. were doing different acquisitions. So honestly, it's a hybrid mining company, and I can't fault it. Okay, yeah. so you have it a buy at buy. two eighty one. Yep. Gaurav, is it a mini min-res? Uh, it's trying to be. So what the, the business model here is they're trying to, min-res has a, a services business and then it buys mines and it makes most of its money from doing offering services to the mine, but then it also makes a kicker on the mine output as well. Yeah. Now these guys are doing that, except they are going underground. So the um, they've oh. built a, a team of underground servicing, uh, a, a large team of, of underground uh, contract services. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to do what Minres is doing, but but with, uh, for underground mining operations. Mm. So they've so far built, uh, they bought two underground operations, um, and they actually look okay. Uh, Sulphur Springs and Woodlawn. Woodlawn's quite a, a well-known deposit. I, I think they look all right. They look the, the numbers here look atrocious because they haven't actually begun production yet. 
Um, they're starting on Mount Marion as well, which is going underground um, shortly. And Minres owns a big chunk of Develop. Um, I should also add that Develop's run by Bill Beamont, who who uh, built um, Northern Star. Right. I, I will never forget it. I remember um, we first uh, recommended Northern Star when Beamont and his other directors came to the market and said, Barrick is selling three mines. We need to raise money to buy all of them because Barrick just um, is too big, but these are awesome mines. And I remember listening to the pitch and, and we fell for it. I think it turned out to be a firebagger. We sold it way too soon. But I've always remembered um, Bill Beamont. Um, and um, wherever he okay. pops up, I, I sort of pay attention. So you're back. Um, yeah, look, I, I, look, the only thing I'd say is that this is a $700 million business. Um, everyone is aware. This is not a secret. I just, underground mining is a real art. Um, so going through the details, the, the rates that of extraction they're talking about are sort of double industry norms. They're being extremely aggressive with their assumptions um, okay. in the services part. I would probably just hold and watch how it goes. Right. You've got a celebrity at the helm, um, pretty good assets, and real aggression being shown here. I just want to be a bit cautious and see how it goes. But certainly, this is um, an emerging stock to watch. Okay. It's on my watch list. Put it on your watch list. Yeah, interesting idea. All right. Uh, Gaurav Maddie wants a view on Retail Food Group. Yep. Um, owns and operates... Uh, uh, Donut King, Michelle's Patisserie, Brumbies, um, Gloria Jeans, Pizza Capers Gourmet Kitchen, Crust Gourmet Pizzas, mm. um, has been a shocking performer, got into a massive legal dispute with yep. franchisees that lasted years, had to make big payouts. Yep. That's all behind them. Or is it? <laughs> oh! Well, <Bang>. you, <laughs> you just listed off a whole list of companies that this business owns, right? And it doesn't even operate most of them. This is a franchise yep. business, so it doesn't have to do very much mm. apart from sit there and collect franchise fees. And it's been terrible. It's still making no money, still making no operating cash flow, and it still has a pile of debt and a market cap of $150 million. I'm not convinced there's a business here. Right. Um, there, there needs to be a significant turnaround, um, but I don't see it happening. There are no signs for me of a turnaround. So They've just made another acquisition, and that's a really bad sign. They've got... They're, the business mm. is unprofitable, not making cash flow. Instead of trying to fix what they already have, they've Great gone off and names, bought something though. Mm. Yes, they agree. Brumbies I go yeah. to all the time. Yeah. And Michelle's Good, Patisserie. And I've, I've actually had it on the end of my watch list for a year thinking, why isn't this like Collins Foods? Because <laughs> <laughs> it makes no money. And, and, it, has, <laughs> and it has a pile of debt. I'm, I don't think there's a, there's a business okay. here I can see. This is a, a big fat avoid for me. Don't be fooled by that low share price. Yep. I know it's yeah. fallen a long way, but yep. um, deservedly so. We have a spec buy on it um, with a price target of 13 cents. So we see the outlook is looking good because of the quick service restaurants and coffee. That's 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 almost triple your money. (laughs) Yeah, literally in this kind of play. But what we see is kind of the bottom's been and gone. But as Gaurav said, it needs to start making money. You've been around for that long. You've got over the legal fees. You've got over the legal issues. Start again, clean it out, go again. Donut King, my nephews love Donut King. So I I don't know any child in the world who doesn't love a a dinosaur donut. How are they not making money from it? I don't understand. Yeah, it's whether there's the structure. But Glory Jeans had all those. I think they closed a lot of stores in WA. 
uh, recent, well, not recently, over the years. Uh, okay. So, As a WA girl, the whole world doesn't revolve around the whole a world decision revolves that's made around in WA. The country of WA. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, they do play in the niche markets and the quick service restaurants market, which is a growing industry because people are so time poor that you often see parents jumping into one of these or um, into these food groups that to grab their right. kids breakfast on the way to yeah, school yeah. or a little smoothie or something like that. So they are playing in the right space. Cross Pizza is comp- obviously competing with Domino's, so that's a yeah. big competition point. Um, again, Beefy's Pies, the acquisition, so yeah. another niche play. It's not playing, or you're playing against Jester's, but Jester's had, are Jester's still around or are they acquired oh, by someone? Oh, I don't know, but they're the pie kings of Australia. Right. So you're playing in that. <laughs> Imagine best introducing yourself. I'm the pie king of yeah, Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I love pies. Yeah, right, but they don't make money. <laughs> they don't make money Thank yet. Yeah. So at the moment, we, well, we're expecting to see a bit um, of a turnaround next year with the different acquisitions and the benefits of the acquisitions realised in 2024. Okay. So, All right. so watch and wait. Uh, final stock, Grady, if you don't want to be on Electro Optic Systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, produces electro-optic technologies for space, yeah, optical sensor units, satellites, that sort of thing. Yeah, they've um, they've won some recent really good contracts. So they've got their Royal Navy contract in Australia, so that's two hundred and two million over seven years. So having a pipeline of uh, different re- of revenue coming through is really good. They've got two distinctive divisions: EOS Defence Systems and EOS Space. So. With defence at the moment, it's kind of like a drone shield where you've got companies playing so specifically in that space. But a lot of countries around the world are re, uh, reassessing their spend in the defence space. So with that in mind, the company is um, very well positioned to benefit from this. Uh, they've got a strong pipeline of uh, backlog as well. So they've got different, and we're expecting a few new contract awards to be announced in 2024. Right. So yeah, we like it with a spec buy and a price target of $1.50. So upside appreciation. Okay. Any interest, Gora? From ten bucks to ninety cents, incredible, isn't it? In, incredible. In a sexy, you know, yep. forget yeah. do, forget donuts being sexy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Space and satellites yeah. are yeah. sexy. You've yeah. done that. This is a business that's um, it's been a success in terms of narrative and a failure in terms of cash flow. I would ignore the revenue and the profit and go straight to the cash flow and just have a look at what that tells you. Yeah. Um, there's a measure we use called the cash conversion cycle. That measures how long it takes for you to book revenue from the time you book revenue to the time you actually collect the cash. For this company, 600 days. Whoa. I've never seen anything as long as- 600 days? 600 days, Jeez, yeah. I get annoyed when clients take 45 to 60 days. Well, that's what like you'd expect. 600? Wow. You might expect 100 days for a government um, yeah. business, dealing yeah. with defense. Yeah. You, oh. you can't run a business like this. I actually don't think there's a sustainable business here. They, right. they cannot collect cash flow. And this is not just a one year thing. They, you go back five years, they've made zero cash flow. I mean, right. they haven't collected cash flow for five years. Um, look, I don't know what these guys are doing, but they're not. I'm not sure they're running a business. There's, there's okay. no business here. There's no cash flow coming in. Mm. You can't buy this. This is a, a strong avoid. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's recap the uh, final five stocks. Mm. Uh, Neuron, uh, a buy from Gorab, a hold from uh, Grady. Even though she loves it, their analysts has put a hold on it after the big run up. Uh, thinks there could be a pullback. Ansarada, a hold from both. Develop, hold from Gorab, buy from Grady. Uh, retail food group, uh, a no from Gorab, spec buy from Grady, and the same with Electro Optic. Gorab Sodi from Intelligent Business. 
Have a great break. Have a great Christmas and New Year. We'll see you in the New Year. Thank you. And Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Uh, Grady Wolf, likewise. Merry Good to see you. Merry to both of you. Um, Thanks, back to Perth for Christmas. Back to Perth on right. uh, Thursday. So. You can't take the girl out of WA. You can't can take right. me out. <laughs> <laughs> Safe travels. Thank That's you. our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover, uh, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us on X. Uh, using the at Ausbiz TV handle. Add comments and questions to each of your stocks. We love them as well. Uh, stick around, the pulse is next. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.